Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My brothers and sisters, may the peace and blessings of Allah Almighty be upon you all. I'm so delighted to be joining you today, this beautiful day of Arafah, which has a great, great value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he has asked us also to uphold that value and to understand it, make use of what Allah has bestowed upon us. So I commence this beautiful reminder for myself and yourselves by saying, Bismillah, in the name of Allah. Walhamdulillah, and all praise is definitely due to Allah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. May blessings and salutations of the Almighty be upon the Messenger, Muhammad peace be upon him, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een his family, his household, his companions, all of them. May Allah bless them, bless every one of you, bless every one of us, those who are so fortunate to be fulfilling the Hajj. We all know that in this year, there is a uniqueness to the Hajj in that very few people have been selected randomly to fulfill the Hajj. They are the fortunate ones. May Allah accept from them their worship. May Allah accept from them everything that they're going to be doing, forgive their shortcomings and grant us all a benefit from the dua that they will be making as well as every one of us. But today I'd like to speak to you about the virtues of this beautiful day, day of Arafah. I want to simplify it, but I also want to bring in a little bit of history. It's important for, for us to understand that when Allah created the earth, he did not make all the places equal in terms of spiritual value. But what he did is, he made some places more virtuous than others. In your town, in your city, the most virtuous of places are the houses of Allah, the places where people put their heads down on the ground in prostration for he who made them. That's a very valuable place, Al-Masajid. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Indeed, those places of worship belong to Allah. So don't call out to anyone besides Allah in worship or in supplication. That's Allah in Surah Al-Jinn telling us that not only does he love the, the houses known as the masjid or the masajid of Allah, but he loves the places of prostration. So even the place where you've put your head on the ground five times a day, that place will bear witness for you on the day of judgment to say, yes, I bear witness. This person put his head on the ground on me and I am a witness. And this is why one of the narrations speaks about how important it is to put your head on the ground, to take your time there in sujood. That place of, of earth is going to bear witness for you by the will and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we do know that all the places are not equal. Well, Makkah is very, very valuable also in the eyes of Allah. So I spoke about the places that are most valuable in your city. And if you look at globally, we have Makkah and Medina closely followed by Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, known as the three Haram. Haram means things that are prohibited are more prohibited there. <laughs> what that means is you would be uh, getting a bigger sin if you were to sin in those places. Not to say that that which is haram is okay in other places, but it's worse. 
when it comes to a blessed place. Imagine a person wanting to commit adultery and then they go into the masjid and do it there. Astaghfirullah. May Allah protect us. Imagine a person wanting to sin. They go to Makkah or Medina and sin there. I think a true believer would never do that. May Allah forgive our shortcomings. So we know of the places and we know that some places are higher in value than others and in spirituality. Well, another very interesting point is not all the times are the same. We have the places known as Al-Haram, the three Harams, Mecca, Medina, Al-Aqsa, right? We also have the months known as the Haram months. The day that Allah created the heavens and the earth, He dictated and decided that the number of months will be 12. From them there will be four that will be known as the Haram months. Dhul Qi'da, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram and Rajab. Those are the months that are known as the prohibited months. Why? You're not allowed to commence warfare. Just like Mecca and Medina, you're not allowed to commence war in Mecca and Medina. You're not allowed to harm anyone, hurt anyone. If someone does hurt you there, you're allowed to defend yourself. But you cannot make an offensive attack in Mecca or Medina, subhanallah, because they are known as haram. Similarly, when it comes to the months that are haram, you're not allowed to commence warfare. But if someone attacked you during those months, you're allowed to retaliate. Funny how, or surprising how, or amazing how, or interesting how, Ramadan is not one of those months. Yet Ramadan is a beautiful month which has great value. However, Ramadan has its own virtue. It comes with something unique. Many of the battles took place in the month of Ramadan, including the Battle of Badr. 17th of Ramadan, subhanAllah, remember that date. So the months are also not all the same. One of the haram months is actually Dhul Hijjah. Like I said, you're not allowed to engage in warfare. So many things are prohibited during those months. Imagine a place and a time both together holding value and you're there. So you're in Makkah and the time is one of these months. And from those months, subhanallah, there are days that are considered the best days to engage in worship. Now, let's get this clear. The days during the first 10 of Dhul Hijjah are more virtuous than the days of the month of Ramadan. And I'm not making a mistake there. But the nights of Ramadan are more virtuous than the nights of the 10 of Dhul Hijjah. Amazing. So people say, but Ramadan is supposed to be the highest. Yes, in terms of nights. That's why the acts of worship in Ramadan, notice they're more at night. They're more at night. You have the Taraweeh, you have the Qiyamul Layl, you have the Tilawah of the Quran, you have the livening of the night, so much more. So that is in Ramadan. Laylatul Qadr, Allah calls it the night of decree, where all your deeds for the next year are decreed. The night of power, subhanAllah. Allah says, Laylatul Qadri min alfi shahr. That night of decree is more virtuous or better than a thousand months, 83 or more, 83 plus years actually, subhanallah. So 
Amazing how Allah keeps the virtue of these 10 days more than the days of Ramadan, but the nights of Ramadan more than these 10 days. So here's the hadith. In fact, before I say the hadith, here's the verse, Surah Al-Fajr. Allah swears an oath by the dawn, and then He swears an oath by the 10 nights. What is he referring to? He's referring to the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. People might say, well, why did he say nights? Well, in Arabic, in English, many times when people want to say how long they stayed somewhere or they want to refer to how many days they went somewhere, they actually would not be wrong if they said we are there or we were there for five nights, but they meant five days. Subhanallah. It's not wrong. It's language. And it's confirmed by the hadith of the Prophet So that's amazing. Now, We've determined that the month of Dhul Hijjah is a haram month. The place of Mecca is a haram place, which means things that are haram are more haram there. And there are certain other things that are haram. Like for example, when you're in the condition of ihram. Notice the words. These are powerful words. Ihram, you have entered the condition where you've worn clothing of peace, the clothing of serenity, the clothing of submission. You're not allowed to hurt any animals, you're not allowed to hurt anything, you're not allowed to take off a, a portion of your body, your organs, your skin, your hair, your nails, etc., etc., in the condition of ihram when you're going to do the pilgrimage, the minor or major pilgrimage. Now, look at all the virtue gathering together. You have the Hajj in the month of Dhul Hijjah, you have the place of Mecca, you have the condition of ihram. You have people who have been charitable. You have people who are praying Salah. So these are, the, these are the pillars of Islam. Salah is covered. The charities are covered. People give charities when they go for Hajj, definitely. And people give charities during the days of Nahr, the days of sacrifice. You're, you're not allowed to eat alone. Allah says, فَكُلُوا مِنْهَا You eat from it and you feed the poor. You feed the needy, the ones who are, you know, uh, homeless, helpless, etc. So Allah says you feed. So that is charity. The charity is covered. Amazing. Now, on top of that, you're in a condition of ihram. You're, you're not allowed to shave your head during a specific time while you're uh, on the part of the pilgrimage, the first part of the pilgrimage. So everything has come together. The five pillars of Islam. You're busy saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Allah is the greatest and for Him is all praise. Subhanallah. So isn't that the declaration of the first pillar of Islam? You have the five daily prayers, that's the second pillar of Islam. You have the fasting. Whoa, subhanallah. We are told, and now I'm coming to the hadith. ما من أيام العمل الصالح فيها أحب إلى الله من هذه العشر. There are no days in which good deeds are more loved by Allah than these ten days. So the Prophet ﷺ used to fast during the nine days. Why not the tenth? Because the tenth. Fasting is haram, it's prohibited, it's the day of Eid. And the Prophet ﷺ tells us clearly, you're not allowed to fast on the day of Eid. Done. Subhanallah. In fact, there is another narration 
ايام التشريق ايام اكل وشرب وذكر لله the days of tashriq the days of tashriq in a nutshell the days when you are uttering this um, the day of eid and the, the days after that you're not allowed to fast during the days those days do you know that it's amazing the explanation the day of arafah is very virtuous when it comes to fasting but not for the one in hajj the one in hajj is allowed to fast after that after the eid not on the day of eid those of us elsewhere we are allowed to fast in fact it is highly highly recommended i hope you're fasting today inshallah may allah accept it from all of us highly recommended to be fasting on this day the day of arafah and in fact according to the correct opinion of the people the scholars it is the ninth of dhul hijjah wherever you are on earth one might say what do you mean well wherever you see the moon there are differences of opinion and i don't mean to belittle any opinion but according to the majority of scholars it's the ninth of dhul hijjah wherever you are considered the day of arafah so if you've seen the moon before the people in saudi arabia saw the moon and that has happened in the past probably will happen sometime in the future today might have been your day of eid if that's the case it's haram for you to fast how can you fast when you've seen the moon prior to the people in mecca and medina and they have declared the eid a day after you in that particular case you fast according to your own calendar the ninth of the hijjah but nowadays mostly people see the moon either with saudi or after saudi with mecca or after mecca and so still the majority of scholars feel that you should follow the ninth of the hijjah there are some who say you should follow the day of arafah like i said if you are following the day of arafah in mecca you are not covered the day you see the moon before them people haven't thought of that have they and it has happened i recall the last ramadan there were some countries that saw the moon before mecca and those who were following mecca were stumped midwicket they didn't know what to do they had to come back and say wow well we saw the moon what do we do now well the hadith says you know what you've got to fast that was for ramadan anyway uh, like i said that is actually differences of opinion to be honest it's minor it's not a major thing but the day of arafah whether you're following the opinion of the ninth which i follow or you're following the opinion of arafah or the arafah of the people of arafah and i told you the point there is one day when you see the moon before them you will be stuck but it's okay it, there is no a big deal there because subhanallah there are mountains of scholars on both sides so that day to fast it expiates the sins of this year and the next year so say i've arrived today i'm fasting if i'm fasting for the sake of allah when that fast is accepted all the sins i committed in 1441 forgiven all the sins i will be committing in 1442 forgiven which sins the minor ones only subhanallah not the major ones the major ones require specific tawbah specific tawbah so that's a virtue of this day you fast on this day subhanallah subhanallah so what is this day all about well let's get back to the issue of these 10 days first being the best days to do good deeds and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to fast a lot through these days the nine days i explained why the 10th day is haram because it's the day of eid but the ninth highly recommended for the non haji the haji not recommended so the fasting is done and the haji is being done the zakah the charity is being done all five pillars at the same time all five pillars are being done what great value at a place where subhanallah it's considered sacred 
Sacred month, sacred place, sacred masjid, sacred condition, sacred day. Subhanallah, the day of Arafah. One narration says it's one of the best days. It's the best day. And in fact, Aisha radiallahu anha says quite clearly that there is no day more likely for people to be freed from hellfire than this day of Arafah. So ask Allah to free you from hellfire. Allahumma a'tiq riqabana wa riqaba abaina wa ummahatina minan nar. Oh Allah, free our necks and the necks of our fathers and mothers from hellfire. Which means, oh Allah, grant us freedom from hellfire. That's a good dua to make today. And subhanallah, she continues to say that Allah boasts to the angels about the people in Arafah. This year they are less. Allah boasts about them to his angels. And he says, look at my worshippers. They've gathered for me. Sacred place, sacred day, sacred month, etc. Sacred condition, the condition of ihram and so on. Allah says, Ushidukum anni I want you to bear witness that I have forgiven them completely. May Allah forgive all of us and the hujjaj. May Allah make it easy for them. Wallahi, they are fortunate to be there this year. On our behalf, they will be making dua. And they have actually fulfilled this uh, fifth pillar of Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of them. Ameen. One wonders what difficulty and hardship they must have had in their lives. How Allah chose them for this. It was just amazing. Very fortunate indeed. But that having been said, Allah has chosen all of us. We're mu'mineen. We're believers. We actually have this beautiful day. It's our day as well. Where did the name Arafah come from? Very important for you to know. Arafah means to know. The day is known as the day of Arafah. The place is known as the place of Arafat. So just remember the difference. Arafat with the ta at the end uh, is the place. And Arafah with the ta marbuta, uh, which turns into a ha when you stop, is actually the name of the place. So I hope you, uh, sorry, the name of the, the day, <laughs> sorry. So the day is Yawm Arafah and the place is known as Arafat. So Arafah means to know. What happened on that day? It is said and there are narrations that make mention of how Adam and Eve or Adam and Hawa, may peace be upon them, met each other. They got to know each other after they were expelled from Jannah. They met each other in Arafah. That's common. It's common. It's widespread. But there is another narration that says Ibrahim salam was made to know the, the, the duties or the manasik, the various acts and rituals to be fulfilled acts of worship to be fulfilled for the Hajj by Jibreel alayhi salam while he was in Arafah. So he was told those while he was in Arafah. So he knew them there. So the place was called Arafah. That's another narration. Some of the scholars hold that opinion. But another very interesting strong opinion is that the people get to know each other there. It's a place of gathering. Place of gathering. People gather there. So the people, يتعارفون, they get to know each other في عرفة, in Arafah. So that in Arafat, sorry. So when you get to Arafat on the day of Arafah, then subhanallah, uh, you get to know each other. So these are just some of the opinions regarding the place known as Arafat and why it is called Arafah and Arafat. And by the way, if you were to go to Arafah a day before Arafah or a day after Arafah, your Hajj is not counted. Al-Hajj Arafah. That's the hadith. The most important pillar of Hajj is Arafah. Wow. Al-Hajj Arafah. Hajj is Arafah. 
You've been to Arafah, you did your Hajj. You didn't go to Arafah, your Hajj is not done. Simple as that. Hajj is Arafah. So if a person went before, not done. Went after, not done. Subhanallah. You have to go at a certain time, certain day. I can't go in Ramadan and say, you know what? Well, it's, or I can't go when it's empty off season and say, well, it's empty now. Let me go now. Then when I come for Hajj, I won't go to Arafah. No way. You have to go. So Arafah, it's the place. The day is the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. And the place and the condition, you are now there. The best day, the best day of the year, the day of Arafah, subhanAllah. For, for what? For freedom from hellfire. And this is something that Aisha radiallahu anha makes mention of quite clearly. I think the hadith is in Sahih Muslim, if I'm not mistaken, and even in Sunan al-Nasai. But to be honest, the dua of the day of Arafah is so powerful. The acts of worship are so powerful. The takbir is happening. The tahleel is happening. The praise of Allah is happening. The hajj is happening. The people elsewhere are fasting on that day. Imagine everything is coming together. People are being charitable. People are praising Allah. People are praying the five daily prayers. People are declaring the first pillar. People are in hajj. So all the five pillars are, are again there. What a powerful day. Now do you understand the power of this day? Power. Subhanallah. This is why the hadith says, there are no days better than these days, the best being the day of Arafah. So my brothers and sisters, on that day of Arafah, what happened? Well, I can explain. The Prophet ﷺ, over and above, speaking about the reward of those who fast on the day of Arafah, and I'm saying here for the non-Haji, like I explained, he delivered a khutbah in his final Hajj, the farewell Hajj. He delivered a khutbah in Arafah. What did he say? Imagine it's a powerful day, powerful place, powerful time, powerful condition. And everything is so power packed. And the time of the day is after Salat al-Dhuhr. So the Hujjaj would go to Arafah from the morning of the day of Arafah. They will make Salat al-Dhuhr there, Salat al-Asr there. And then when the sun sets before they make Maghrib, they will go to Muzdalifah. So after they do Salat al-Dhuhr and Asr, they will be making a lot of dua. It's a time where, subhanAllah, you know, it reminds me of how, astaghfirullah, I have to give this example simply because so many people would understand it. You know when you have a football match right at the end and there's just a few minutes remaining and how exciting it becomes and they want you to score as many goals as you can, the goal you know, the, the, the match can literally tilt in any direction based on how many goals you're going to score. You know, on the day of Arafah, it's a different example, but just to bring it closer to your mind, I gave you that, or to your understanding, you're now, have, you're now having a few moments remaining. Come on, what du'as are you making? Make beautiful du'as, go on, ask for forgiveness, ask for what you want, repeat it, say it again and again. Have a list of things that you want to ask Allah for, it's beautiful. Whether you're in Arafat on the day of Arafah, or you're not in Arafat on that day and you're elsewhere, no problem. You ask Allah, you call out to Allah, you pray to Allah, you, you know, subhanAllah. The Prophet ﷺ got up and gave a talk. It must be very important. It was an extremely important talk, short, sweet, to the point. What did he say? I want to know that. Virtue of Arafah, the khutbah. Up to this day in Arafat, the khutbah happens. On the day of Arafah, the Imam gets up and he gives a talk, reminding the Muslims about their duties unto Allah. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? The first thing he spoke about was blood. 
Don't spill the blood of each other. Don't murder each other. Don't. Don't commit murder. Your blood is sacred, more sacred than the Kaaba. Subhanallah. Your blood is sacred, more sacred than the Kaaba. Your blood is sacred, more sacred than this day. Your blood is sacred, more sacred than this place. Your blood is sacred, more sacred than Mecca. More sacred than Arafat. More sacred than the condition. Or the hadith actually says, Similar to the prohibition, similar to the sanctity of this place. So in the same way, life is also sacred. As sacred as the place. Subhanallah Rabbil Number one, don't commit murder. My brothers and sisters, that means solve your problems, uh, work with each other, learn to respect each other, have a big heart, learn to forgive each other. Imagine here is the Nabi. Here is the Prophet, the most beloved, the one who is the leader. And he's telling us in his final pilgrimage to say, you are all my followers. You're all my Ummah. Don't kill each other. May Allah grant us a lesson. Don't fight each other. Don't. Don't kill each other. No. What else? Don't steal from each other. Don't deceive each other in business. Don't shortchange each other. Watch out, your wealth, don't usurp the wealth of another. Don't. Subhanallah. So your, your life and your wealth is all sacred. The wealth of each other is sacred. I can't steal someone else's things. I will pay a heavy, heavy penalty. In fact, if I were to kill someone, I, it is as though I've killed entire humanity. And if I were to steal from someone, I have committed such a heavy crime that I don't even know if I'm going to be forgiven. These are... The, the basic elements of existence. And he mentioned them on the day of Arafah. That's what Arafah is all about. Ponder over how you look at others. Solve your matters. Watch, watch how you treat people. Be careful. Be your wealth, other people's wealth, sacred. Don't steal, don't pinch, don't deceive. Don't cheat, don't short, don't short change. Subhanallah. Then you're a Muslim. Then you're a true believer. And he says thereafter, he goes on and on. He speaks about dima'akum wa amwalakum wa aradakum. You know, don't even insult one another. Don't demean each other. Don't belittle each other. Accuse each other falsely. Be careful. All this he made mention of. And he repeated it on the day of Eid as well. He repeated it during the days of slaughter and sacrifice. He repeated the same words. This khutbah has been repeated more than once by the Prophet ﷺ with various wordings. And on the day of Arafah, he said something amazing. Do you know what he says? He said, everything that was of the period of ignorance, I am putting it under my feet, it no longer is valid. What does that mean? All the ignorance, the way they treated women, what they did, all the cultural things that were so taboo and so silly. He says, under my feet, throne. Racism was part of Jahiliya, throne. All of this throne, it is finished, no more. Let's ask ourselves, racism, tribalism, nepotism. Wow, nepotism, isn't that alive and healthy in some communities, in many communities? Astaghfirullah, if we're believers, here is the messenger on the day of Arafah saying, watch out, no racism, all the jahiliyyah, kick it out. Don't maltreat women, jahiliyyah, kick it out. So don't think you're superior, jahiliyyah, kick it out. Learn to respect people. Imagine they were revert Muslims, 
on that day, who were the reavers? Every single one of them were reavers. Do you know that? Nowadays, the strange thing is we won't even allow our daughters to marry a reaver or our sons to marry a reaver and we claim we come from the family of the Prophet. Well, here is the same Prophet وسلم, telling you racism is out, tribalism is out, nepotism is out. All these isms are out totally, completely kick them out. It's jahiliyyah, usurping the wealth of another, insulting, false accusation, all out. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us goodness, superstition. All of that is gone out. Don't engage in magic. Don't think all that was part of jahiliyyah. So it's right for us to mention it here today. Kicked out. Then he spared a moment to talk about women. What did he say? He said, Fear Allah regarding your treatment of women. When did he say this? The day of Arafah. I, I remember speaking to a sister not long ago and she told me, when I read what the Prophet said about the day of Arafah, I would have called it Women's Rights Day. Subhanallah. Because he made it clear saying, Fear Allah regarding the treatment of women. Who are the women? Your daughters. Watch out. Watch out. Don't be unfair. Your sisters. Be careful. The Prophet ﷺ warns you about it. Who else? Primarily your spouses. They've given up their families to come to you. How do you treat them? Subhanallah. What do you, how do you talk to them? How do you make them feel? Fear Allah regarding the women. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly tells us this in the surah known as Surah Al-Nisa. Allah tells us to fear Allah. And to fear the wombs that gave birth to subhanallah, the women in, in a nutshell. So he says, he goes on, he gives a little bit more detail. Do you know what he says? He says, you married the women using the name of Allah. So fear Allah, how you treat them. Oh, whoa, whoa. Here he's speaking to the married men. Watch out. Those women, you use the name of Allah. You use the name of Allah to take them, to marry them. Treat them well. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ says, the best from amongst you are those who are best to their wives. This is the day where the women were empowered by Islam. Subhanallah. They felt so proud of what was being said. And I'm sure they will be to this day extremely proud. This is the day of Arafah. The greatest day of the entire year, according to a lot of the scholars. The greatest day, I told you, the nights are different. The day, subhanallah. Some say the day of Nahr, the day of Arafah. You know, if you look at the freedom from hellfire, it's the day of Arafah, subhanallah. So, the Prophet ﷺ telling us, watch out, be careful. The best from amongst you, those best to their wives. And then he says, you must make sure you take care of them, provide for them, give them their clothing, give them their food, give them their shelter, and so on. Remember how you treat them. And this is why we say, my brothers and sisters, whether it's your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your sister, your child, your spouse, your grandchild, your niece, whoever it may be, or a strange woman. Here is the Messenger After the women were treated so unwell, and after they were actually uh, bought and sold and traded as a commodity. He says, all of that is prohibited on this day. All of it. You treat them well. And the best from among you, those who are best to their wives. My brothers, I don't think you really expected this to come out of the day of Arafah, did you? But subhanallah, it's a fact. 
and it has come out. One of the virtues of the day of Arafah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the lecture, the, the, the amazing historic khutbah of Arafat that was a part of the Hajj that was delivered in the farewell pilgrimage by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And so my brothers and sisters, I want to actually continue by telling you these are just some of the virtues of the day of Arafah. Umar ibn Khattab anhu says, a Jewish man came to him and told him, you know, there is a verse in the Quran that was revealed. If that was revealed to us as Jews, we would have taken it as a celebration and an Eid. What was the verse? This day, I have perfected your religion. I have completed my favor upon you. And do you know what? Allah says, I am pleased that Islam be your faith. The submission is what you should be doing. Subhanallah. So the Jewish man says, if that verse was revealed to us, we would have taken it to day of Eid. Well, the Prophet ﷺ says, the day of Arafah is a day of Eid. The days of Nahr are the days of Eid. The days of Tashriq are the days of Eid. That's what he says. He calls them the days of Eid. So my brothers and sisters, remember to declare the greatness of Allah all the time during this day and subsequent days. After every salah, you should say it aloud. After every farad salah and throughout the days as well. While those in Hajj will be saying, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, we are here at your service. Oh Allah, we are here at your service. La sharika laka Labbaik, none worthy of worship besides you. There is no partner to you. You have no partner. Indeed, we are here at your service. Oh Allah, we are going to sacrifice for you. We are going to abandon all the bad for you. We are going to do what you've told us, even if it means sacrificing our sleep and comfort and so on. We will fulfill whatever you've asked us to fulfill. That that labbaik is for the hujjaj, for those in the pilgrimage right now. But for us, yes, as much as we are also in the service of Allah, we should also be sacrificing. Do you know what we are taught? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. Subhanallah. I already translated that, but I'm doing it again. Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Allah is the greatest and unto him belongs all praise. My brothers and sisters, I hope these words have actually empowered us a little bit. We've gained a bit of knowledge about the day of Arafah. And we, while we pray for the Hujjaj, we also end off by praying for the entire Ummah. Those who are struggling at this time of Corona, those who've passed away, may Allah give them Rahmah. Those who are struggling with sickness, may Allah have cure. May Allah grant them cure. Those who lost their jobs or their sustenance, may Allah restore that with that which is even better. Those who are struggling in any way throughout the globe, the war zones and various other places of famine and hunger and disaster and all sorts of negativity, may Allah alleviate their suffering in every single way. Remember to ask Allah to forgive you and all of us remember to ask Allah to free us from hellfire for this is that day. Jazakumullah khair. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi